Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer, with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello all, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice of Above the Law. With me, as always, is not Ellie Mistal, but as becoming, <laughs> as always in 2019, I guess I can Increasingly say. Increasingly regularly. Yes, is Catherine Rubino also of Above the Law. How are hey you? Hey, friends. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and we also, of course, we would be remiss not to thank our sponsors from Smith AI. If you don't know Smith AI, they are a virtual receptionist service for lawyers. They have US-based professionals answer your phone and website chats and screen your potential clients and schedule appointments. So schedule a free trial with them by going to smith.ai. So we're here. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Last week, you didn't really uh, grasp the format. Do you have anything that you're angry about in particular this week to grind your gears? Well, or it's, maybe I should stop trying to make you like Ellie? another Ellie in my yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. You, you There's have probably one, something disturbing. We have one Ellie. That's, we have yeah. enough Ellies in our lives. <laughs> but I do find it a little bit frustrating when people um, assume your availability without actually asking you. Oh. Oh. See, awkward. that's not... That's not cool. You you understand this was an emergency uh, of Ellie's availability. Ellie can't be here. An emergency yes, yes, came but up. It's usually, um, it usually is accompanied by a request, not a demand. I didn't. No, that was a request. I said, <laughs> my, my chat to you is, you understand if Ellie's not around, there's a podcast at three. That's not, that is not necessarily see, a demand. See, that that is an sound. Inf- that does not sound like you're asking me. You're that, not saying, that's hey, are you available at three to cover? Because as you know, Ellie has this thing that's come up. I just informed you of a fact, and you then brought all the baggage oh, that you're carrying. I can't imagine why I might have baggage with the interaction with Joe Patrice. See, I am a pleasure to work with, and... Is that what you tell yourself? That's what other people tell me. Who? People. Very important people. <laughs> the best That's people. Amazing. That's amazing. No, but I, I don't mind covering a podcast. I did have to reschedule other meetings because... My life is not just at the whims of Joe Patrice and Ellie Mistal, but fortunately, there are other people I was supposed to meet with where. Uh, pretty... Well, they're still in another meeting. Uh, so, so it turns out. Yeah, so cool. Uh, so that's your gear grinding. Mm-hmm. You're upset about that sort of thing. That's fine. And I managed to not yell. Yeah. See so yeah, how you can be annoyed about things. And not yell. And keep and keep your tone appropriate. Interesting. I don't know as though appropriate is the right term. Like some of the things he discusses are bad enough that it is appropriate to be upset. Yeah. Uh, fair. Maybe appropriate is the inaccurate word, but Yeah. You can also express anger and frustration without raising your voice. Right. Passive aggressiveness. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even what I mean. Although in this instance that that is what I use. Yeah. I mean as uh, an yeah. as an attorney, you are very well aware of how passive aggressiveness works. <laughs> yeah. That actually is, for those uh, who are considering entering the big law universe, that is, in many ways, the dominant paradigm, in my experience, of big law. There, there are a few screamers, but they're few and far between. There are much more mm-hmm. the people who are just, they're not really mad, they're just disappointed. <laughs> so, okay, that's a good question. What, when you were a practicing attorney, or even now, I suppose, uh, was your go-to passive-aggressive email line? Like, as per my earlier email... I, I went to that one, you know, early or 
as per below, if it was a email chain and it was like, really, you just didn't read two emails ago. This is my fault because why? I think that was a pretty effective yeah. twist of the knife. I don't think I ever I cannot engaged. believe that is not accurate. That cannot be accurate. No, I mean, I, no, it can be. And for good reason, because I'm... <laughs> Charming? What, is that what you're about to say? Oh, God, no, the opposite. <laughs> no, I was going to go very much the opposite. No, because I am annoyingly blunt. Uh, I think a lot of times if I had something was wrong, something hadn't been done, I think it would be the, hey, what happened with this? Uh, I would be very direct about... Did you ever do this? That sort of thing. I don't think I ever. Uh... You really think you had that same tone when you were deal as an associate when you were dealing with partners? Because uh... oh no, well, there's no passive aggressiveness with partners. There, it was obsequiousness. Is the <laughs> word you're looking for. But those are the worst offenders. Those are the ones who can't be bothered to read all of the you know all the emails from those who are below them or whatever. And you're like, you know, I did. Oh, we need a timeline. Cool story. There's been one sitting on your desk for two weeks. Was that one wrong? Oh, was yeah. Was it different in some way? I don't understand what's going on. I was pretty blunt with them, too. Not in a confrontational way, always. Although, you know, it depended on the relationship. I, I had one partner who I worked with for many, many years who our relationship was defined by the fact that I had no problem yelling at him and vice versa. And we got along great because we did not have any of those pretenses. Interesting. Other people I know who worked with the same partner had issues they you know they couldn't figure it out because they they didn't have the ability to be direct uh which is something that i think he valued a lot so so sometimes you know it works out uh different people work i mean i also think ways. i mean I, I gotta i gotta call you a little bit on this one i do think that that having that method available to you and still be considered a valued member of the team has no small part to do with the fact that you are a white heterosexual man, right? Like oh, yeah, yeah, women sure. have, a, and, and people of color have a lot less access to those modes and still be seen as, you know, collegial and, and jovial and a friend of the, of the partner or whatever. It's, it comes across like I'm a bitch if, if I'm direct or, yeah. you know, where if people of color, there's, there's lots of baggage to unpack there. And I think that, as a, as a white guy, you've got the full range of rhetorical devices available to you. And I think that that actually is something that pisses me off when people talk about how like terrible passive aggressiveness is in the workplace and whatnot. Not that you did that, but I think that it's, it's largely because that is a method that is available to all. You know, yeah. it is it reads the same across a lot of different gender and ethnicities and, and whatnot. And I think that that's the reason why it is become increasingly popular within any sort of professional context, mm. which also like corollary to that. I realized this maybe about five or six years ago. I use probably too many, but I use emojis in professional correspondence all the time. And I think it's appropriate. It's probably not, but let's, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll stick a pin in that for a second and just say, are you missing calls? Are you spread too thin? Interruptions kill your productivity, but clients demand a quick response. The U.S.-based professional receptionists at Smith AI help law firms screen new clients and schedule appointments by phone and website chat. Plus, Smith AI integrates with your software, including Clio and LawPay. Plans start at just $60 per month. Get a free trial at smith.ai. So we're back. So you use emojis in professional context. Now, granted... Yeah. Your profession right now is, you know, sure, I, making I meant, dick uh, jokes about lawyers on the internet. So maybe it's okay here. Yeah, no, I'm not just talking about when I worked at Above the Law, but previous to this as well. 
yeah. I mean, I think that it it also corresponded for me with an increase in sort of messengering programs being used at vendors and, and other law-related industries. But, you know, when you're talking over chat with people, I think that going to a smiley face or a ha-ha face or something along those lines just makes sense and helps to, especially um, my last job before I started ATL, I worked with a lot of people in different offices that I had never met. (laughs) You know, and you're trying to build a relationship with someone and they may not understand the way that you're trying to say something. So throwing an emoji in there to be like, I mean this cutely, here's a smiley face or like questioning, you know, or shruggy emoticon to like make it clear this is the way that these words, which could be taken in a variety of different ways, is how I mean how I mean them in this context. Yeah, I don't know. I, I certainly have used emoticons, the uh, the grandfather of the... Uh, sure, but I, I do think that like a lot of programs now just automatically convert them, right? Yeah, I guess that may be true. Yeah, they. I've certainly done that before uh, in rare instances where I'm trying to put a no, I'm not really yelling on what would otherwise be a terse reading email. Uh, But yeah. And I'm one of those people who doesn't actually have a problem with emojis. I just feel like like you're taking it maybe just a bridge too far for me. Well, I also think that before Above the Law, did you have many jobs that used messenger clients as their primary mode of communication? No, uh, it was always formal email. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I think is also different, but I do think, you know, there's Slack, there's Messenger, there's Ping, there's all these different programs now, which is meant to sort of you know, let uh, employees be accessible if they're working remotely, people work from home, like, you know, you work across offices and whatnot. And so you use these programs. And again, if you've never met someone and you've been on a project for two months together, you have to find a, a kind of shorthand way to make sure you understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Just got that new assignment, eggplant, eggplant. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I haven't used the eggplant emoji at work. so Fair enough. That's um, a step in the right direction. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. So I will say, back to the passive-aggressive thing, my, one of my all-time favorite stories, and I, I love all the people Please involved in this story, but um, I got an email from a partner, I guess not a partner at the time, but a senior associate who was about to be a partner at the time saying, hey... Just like exasperatedly, after you know, a day after a thing was supposedly due, did you send the blah 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 letter? And I went, yes, I I did remember that. I did send the letter. Followed immediately by, why would you do that? And I was like, see, that wasn't cool. That was just not cool to begin this way. They tricked you. <laughs> They absolutely tricked you. Yeah, that was not cool. But no, I have no problems with this, the people involved in that story. But it was, uh, I've even told the person that story years later. <laughs> <laughs> they're angry about the letter. They can't tell whether they're mad that you did it or didn't. Yeah. But either way, you probably did it wrong. The uh, That actually is probably good life advice. Joe Patrice probably did it wrong. Oh, that's... See, I'm sorry, that was that was bitchy, but, like, you know, I had to go for it right there. Yeah, but at least you were active-aggressive as opposed oh, to you passive. appreciate that, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, yeah. it's good to know. I mean, Catalog. I work with Ellie. I, I appreciate active-aggressive. Mm. But, yeah, so... What have, so what have we covered now? We've covered law firm mood and style. We've covered a brief, you know, foray into in the privilege issues involved with being 
white men, heterosexual men at work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've talked about emojis. This has been a banner day. Wide, wide for ranging. A wide ranging day, <laughs> considering we walked in with no no particular agenda, but we're... And we still don't have white, but here's something about the eggplant emoji. You ready? Okay. Well, it's not really about that, but one of the stories that I thought was interesting from this week, I don't know if you've heard, but at the recent law professor conference, AALS, um, at one of the panels, the Columbia dean said that one of the best ways for law school administrations that are looking to make only way even yeah only way yeah Yeah. they did say that uh only way for uh law school deans or administrations to find out whether or not someone they're considering uh for a lateral move to their law school to know whether or not they have a history of sexual harassment is when above the law reports on it yeah we and I do the, a lot of that work, right? That's it was, true. <laughs> it was definitely something um, that I was, you know, shocked by. Um, and some of the social media traffic queried how, why uh, law schools can't ask the applicants um, about these things. And there's a lot of confidentiality issues, frankly, when it when it comes down to it. So they were a little bit hamstrung about trying to get all the details out there. And I thought it was a really interesting thing and, and it's something that I think that at Above the Law, we try to cover as soon as we know about it. Yeah, no, it was very gratifying yeah. to see that message yeah. come across, uh, even though I don't do nearly as much of that work as you did. Although, oh, you do a bunch of it. We did um, a, a lot of the Yale issue mm-hmm. from last year, which is still unresolved, but we just reported what we were get- mm-hmm. hearing from it. Uh, a lot of that I was involved directly in uh the reporting work And on I actually that. wound up doing, because this kind of inspired me, uh, I wound up doing kind of an omnibus post that was like, hey, here are the sort of Me Too, the professors that have been caught up in Me Too scandals and create providing links to all those stories that we've written because there's not like an easy place to go. We don't have some sort of a sub page. It's like Me Too scandals at law schools. So I kind of created this post to collect all of the stories in one location so they're easier to find. And you had written a bunch of them. There was a bunch of stuff from 2017 that you had written, former dean, stuff like that. Well, you know, okay, he's smiling. Like yeah. He's, I'm just well, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's always... It's we all participate in. It's always heartening to hear your colleagues talk about how you've done such a fantastic job. So thank you. Um, you are very not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is a key thing, that we operate as something of a check upon mm-hmm. these issues, largely because for whatever reason, people feel that they can't get into them. And that's been kind of the, the long-term problem mm-hmm. in the Me Too issue, uh, is that there have been a he-said-she-said said thing that perennially leaves people with a no ability to no resolve issues yeah. and no recourse and that uh, is discouraging. Uh, and we at Above Law have a capability. It's not like we just run with whatever random anonymous tip we hear. Sure. You, you know, we, we have standards and believe in reporting things out. But, you know, we are a sounding board that where people can tell their stories. And if we get something together, we can be a resource for schools to and firms to avoid doing Terrible things. Doing bad things again. Uh, yeah. Which we had a story last year of a partner who lateraled to a new place for that new place to find out the reason they were lateraling was that there had oh. been a problem ooh, at the first place. Ooh. So, Yeah. I think one of the good parts about this job is being able to uh, hold folks that don't feel like they have to be actually be holding them accountable yeah. in some small way. Yeah. Well... 
We're recording this before you're going to hear it. So as <laughs> that a, is generally how that works. Yeah, I mean, it, otherwise it's a tremendous strain on the editors. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So as of now, and I. I'm willing to venture that this will still be true when this episode comes out. And if it's not, we can all be pleasantly surprised. Uh, There is a government shutdown and we are staring down. Uh, It's for us right now. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be less than a week before the federal courts will run out of money. That sounds bad. Yeah. There's already a plan in place for what they need to do uh, if they do run out of money. But yeah. We already have uh, several members of the Department of Justice are working without pay sure. right now. Um, it, it, it's a situation that's only going to get worse over the next bit. And so we're, you know, sending out our... Yeah, I think it's been interesting some of the reactions that the judges have had to the situation as well. I think you wrote something about this. I did. Nice segue. Uh, yes, I wrote a, about a judge who, uh, basically, a lot of what's happening is that in the criminal cases, which obviously are the most difficult to, you know, I mean, they're the most grave and serious. Sure. Those are moving sure. forward. But to the extent the DOJ pursues civil actions, their strategy has been to file with judges, hey, there's a government shutdown, so let's have an indefinite stay of this case. Uh, And a couple of judges have gotten these and responded with, nope. Uh, (laughs) Including uh, one judge who referred to it as laughable that the government thinks that they can get out of this because they don't have any money. And his response was, this is not a policy issue. This is the abdication of the president and Congress to the extent Congress could theoretically override a veto. Sure. They got everyone together. Sure. Uh, to fund the government, they for, voted on it, yeah. to faithfully execute the laws, and his response was: Given that that is what is going on here, it is no different than if a private litigant walked into my room and said, "You know what? I've decided to stop paying my attorneys. Give me some more time." And it's like, no, I would never do that. So why mm-hmm. would I afford the government the same same option? And, and I think I read something too that in during the last government shutdown, which admittedly was was. is likely to be significantly shorter. The government had requested, similarly requested uh, extensions uh, and delays in 16 instances, and each of them were soundly rejected. So it really isn't a surprise that this is how uh, judges are reacting to the latest shutdown, particularly when it seems like a long shutdown is not something that the president is afraid of. I mean, others have said, uh, and I have a link to this in my post on this, uh, this judge, Uh uh, other commentators have pointed out that if you're a practitioner right now and you have a client who has a case, a, a civil case against the government, you uh, probably should file that right now. Yeah, you should. <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. a non-zero chance that you can win a default judgment here. Yeah. It, because the DOJ is certainly not in a position to fight back. Yeah. And if judges are unwilling to offer these stays, yeah, this is your opportunity right now. If you slipped and fell in front of a mail <laughs> in a post office, this is your time. The time is now. So, yeah, that's going on. We feel very bad for all the uh, AUSAs out there who are um, working and without pay. The other folks in other positions. Um, but as it specifically relates to above the law, yeah, I get we t- it. I get yeah, it. Our yeah. audience, yeah. I get it. I just, you know. On the other hand, AUSAs, they're going to find other jobs. 
<laughs> Whenever they want to, they can. Sure, they if you're an AUSA, you probably have uh, the world yeah. is your the legal world is your oyster. Let's yeah. say so. Maybe we shouldn't feel that bad. Yes, yeah, screw them. Oh, you no, don't really so, mean that. But. Yeah. Well. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, what else happened? Oh, I got in a fight with some like random right wing trolls on the internet. Oh, that must have been a good time. Uh, I remember the time that you told me that some right wing troll had declared a fatwa on me. Yes, that yeah. happened. I don't even remember what the story was anymore. But I've only been at the shop three years, mind you. But but you know, it made me feel like I was doing the right thing. Yeah. No, you had a uh, call out. Everyone should try to destroy Catherine Rubino from a. Uh, radical anti-immigration group so oh, that go. was a thing you did i uh my issue this week was a former clerk and by clerk you you think wow that great academic yeah, must yeah. be smart but you've got to kind of also remember if they're clerking for high-end republican judges they especially at the circuit level you don't really know they're probably just some random troll who was the top of their fed sock group sure um that, that a, does appear yeah. to be how the majority of, of yeah so you can't jobs. yeah and it's unfortunate because you know it when, seems like it when you're going be. around hiring you're saying "Ooh, this is a circuit clerk but then you kind of realize they don't really know anything anyway some random former clerk and not just former clerk, former clerk for judge ho who even conservative law professors like Oren kerr have said judge ho's out of his gourd yeah, with yeah. some of these opinions he's writing. So yeah, he uh, he said a bunch of random stuff attacking his own school for doing pro bono work. Uh, which <laughs> that I, seems inappropriate. Yeah, which I I said was wrong on, you know, basically wrong. But I went into more detail about some of the statements that were designed to be mm-hmm. misleading and inflammatory on this guy's part. So he, a right-wing troll, uh, you wrote about a right-wing troll, so no, no surprise, actually, that a bunch yeah. of trolls come after you, huh? Yeah, no, and and he tried to fight with me a few times after that on Twitter, and it was, like, comical. Like, <laughs> because, I mean, fighting with these people on the internet is, it requires some degree of intestinal fortitude because, sure. you know, they they come at you like and it's annoying and they're they they're obnoxious and they kind of beat at you and they have their buddies attack you or whatever but i mean if you actually have you know have the wherewithal to go through it it's really like fighting a toddler <laughs> uh, i mean it's just like they they're they're not particularly smart or funny and I you can just toddlers. you can just flip everything on them and like it's it's satisfying if you have an audience because of people who are kind of smart because then they kind of keep back channeling like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's useful, too, because I feel, especially in the legal world, these folks have professional reputations. Mm, and point. just building this record of how actually they aren't remotely smart enough to you hold, know, the hold the positions they have is valuable in and of itself. So, Well, was- good on you, yeah, you no, did a good that was thing fun. This week. Yeah, I mean, just fought back against some randos. Uh, but, yeah, but you know, you know, it's... push back in every instance, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's us. It's been the week that was. The week that was for this Thursday is when we record this. So yeah, cool. All righty. Yeah, you can tell this is one that was put together in emergency as we're <laughs> like, like, are so we done? So, how about those There's no script here. This sports is sports ball. Sports Yeah, we're very much doing a uh doing we're like jazz musicians but like really bad at jazz. <laughs> There's no like good give or take. Well, that was another thing that happened recently. Jazz? 
No, oh. Joe, sports ball. Sports ball, yes. Sports ball. Uh, recently was the college football national championship. That's true. And Alabama got the snot beat out of them. They did. And what's <laughs> weird is like not in any way that like on in almost every individual play, you would have thought Alabama was winning and then just not. Not, not, yeah. not at all. Yeah, no, I, I thought that that was a pretty fun game to watch for those of, that have gotten a little tired of seeing Alabama dominant year in and year out. And instead, it was just the other team that's been in three national championships. You know, you got to you gotta take what you got, you know? But I do think that... I think it's, like wa- th- it's like watching Cravath be at the top of the You're list like, every yeah. year, yeah? You're, You're like, like oh. oh. <laughs> now it's Oric. What's Good this news. king and Spalding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's Latham? Um, but no, I, I think it's interesting. I do think that about halfway through, I was like, oh my gosh, are we watching the end of the dominance of Alabama? Which might be wishful thinking, but it was still fun to watch. Cool. Yeah, that was legal in some way. Uh, they have law schools? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Alabama does. Alabama yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> Count yeah. it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So with that, we're done. So thank you for stepping in in an emergency setting, which sure, I'm no glad problem. that you agreed to my request, which was <laughs> humble and in no way presumptive okay. that you would be here. It won't be in the future. I can guarantee that. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. If you aren't subscribed to this show, and by that I mean if you just like randomly came across the show somehow, then you should subscribe to it. That way it gets sent to your various listening devices and you'll never miss another episode of you know the pure content gold that is what we just did (laughs) uh you should also give us reviews stars write something about it uh explain how much you miss ellie uh i'm I'm in the room yeah fair enough anyway uh but write those things uh that helps us move up and the algorithms so that more people who are interested in hearing about law can see us you should also follow the Jabot, which is Catherine's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You should follow the other Legal Talk Network family of shows. You should follow us on uh, Read Above the Law, obviously. Course, follow obviously. us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, spelled in the way she spells it. K A T H R Y N. Yes. Uh, that version of Catherine. Because there are. There you know, are. That's true. You know, it's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of commonly accepted spellings of my first name. Yeah. But mine's the best. Sure, why not? Okay. Anyway, so with all that said, I think that's the end of this episode. Good job. Bye. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.